What's up, everybody? Welcome to Woody Banter, episode number 64. I'm one of your hosts, Chase Williams. Joining me today is Hunter Cromleg Dorset. Hey, Bono. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Then also on the microphone, returning as a guest yet again, is Max Bowling Alley Scott. Hey, what's up, guys? I love bowling. Well, yeah, I'm here to talk about bowling. We have Special a whole bowling cast. Bowling. <laughs> bowling cast. Oh. I think this is your third week in a row as a guest. Thank now? you so much for just letting me come back. As a uh, privilege, well, pretty much. I mean, not really. Thank it's you. not that big of a deal. No. It? Oh, it's it's pretty. It makes my week. Gonna, I don't know. Your, okay. your butt imprints are starting well. to wear their way onto it's my chair. It's still warm. So, from the last I mean, time what I was else here? am I going to do with that chair? But exactly. bring you back. You know. Right. Well, no, well, we know there's a lot of friction flying out of those cheeks. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep it warm intentionally. <laughs> oh man, what have you guys been up to? Man, I haven't been doing too How's everyone much. doing? I've been chilling, going to school. How's the uh, sign been, language going? Yeah, it's been going really well. I got my a test grade back today. I got a 90 on it. I was pretty stoked about well it. Well done. Just yeah. enough to be amazing. Exactly. It was right at the cusp to be in the amazing group of people. So okay. that's pretty awesome. It was really cool. Uh, been off of work the last two days. Been straight chilling. Hanging out. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. I've been cool. keeping it real. What about I've been you? practicing that Street Fighter tech. Dude, I have not been lately, but I looked up a video uh-huh. today that had some ridiculous yeah. birdie tech. That was crazy. Bro, I'm right there with you. I have been dedicated solely to the Dark Souls Platinum because it's taking fucking forever. Yeah. But I'm sitting there finding new videos on Ryu right now that are literally going to change the game, and I cannot wait to have time to play it again. <laughs> Did I tell you that I went to a... Well, last week I went to Casuals for the first time since Street Fighter Five came out. There was like 15 people there, and I got third. I was pretty stoked about Fuck. it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. All it was right. cool. The first time I've been with out Birdie? there since... Yeah, with Birdie. Strictly Birdie. Oh, hell yeah. Got knocked out by two Nashes at the very end. Got to winner's finals, got knocked to loser's finals, and lost in loser's finals. And uh, I was just like, oh, I'm telling you, man, you got to have that counter pick ready. I'm telling you, whispering Karen. Anybody got that Karen? Uh, I don't know. You got to get that Ryu. All right. Oh, maybe. Woody Banter reviews a beer, and today's beer was recommended by a fan named Crystal, Crystal Duval. So thank you so much for your beer recommendation. She emailed the show at wittybantershow at gmail.com to send us a beer review just like you can. And so we're going to review that beer today. Hunter, why don't you go ahead and introduce it for us? Awesome. So this is from Altex Lexington Brewing and Distilling Company. And that's actually in Kentucky, uh, United States, if you didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this is in... This is... An 8.19% alcohol by volume, uh, Kentucky bourbon barrel ale. And so uh, it's available year round and it has, it's won some awards, but their basic thing on their website is that our Kentucky ale is aged for up to six weeks in freshly decanted bourbon barrels from some of Kentucky's finest distilleries. Um, Real quick, speaking of aging, apparently that old stock ale that we drank last week is meant to be aged for like four years before drinking. Yeah, that's why I was kind of wondering if we could really review that adequately just right off the off the bat, you know. You're supposed yeah. to buy I mean, it and keep it for four years? Yeah, which is why if you notice on our bottle it had the year on it. It was like 20, 2015, you know. Yeah, um, that's weird. And It was still delicious. So. Yeah, I actually really liked that beer last time. Yeah. But apparently it was not how it was supposed to taste, so... <laughs> But yeah, so um, I think it's just supposed to have like 
a little bit of that bourbon barrel taste, you know, it's, uh, at least on the nose. So have you guys I see you've to tr- uh, tried it? Yeah, so I see that if you've poured it up. I just poured it up as well. It's it's a pretty light brown, um, or yeah. even like a orangish, orangish amber. Yeah, yeah. and good. it's not. It's it's kind of cloudy, and it doesn't really have any head when I poured it whatsoever. My first smell, it almost had, and I don't think that the beer is going to end up tasting this way, but the first inclination I had was it almost smelled like kind of Belgiany, like almost like a light wheat smell. And I don't think that is actual Belgian yeast or anything, but I think that might be just the different aroma coming from um, the oak that it's aged in. Yeah. Yeah, still very aromatic in the way that you smell. Like It has a big nose to it, at least when I hit it. And so I just took my first sip, and it's got like a wow. really interesting warmth to it. I get wood in this, man. This, this yeah. tastes like I'm drinking straight out of the barrel. <laughs> I'm licking the bottom, which isn't a bad thing, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess I thought you know it's eight point two percent alcohol by volume. I thought we would I would get a little bit more of that in the taste, but it's super smooth. Yeah, it goes. It's pretty smooth. I thought it would have a little bit of a sting or a bite with that. Uh, I almost thought it was gonna taste like bourbon. But I thought it was gonna be a lot heavier, like or like, at least like in taste wise, like it didn't hit me as hard as I thought it was going mm-hmm. to. Yeah, yeah, it's super easy to drink. Um, but it does kind of warm my throat on the back end. Yeah. And I think that's a combination of just sort of the the bourbon barrel and maybe the higher alcohol content. content. Mm-hmm. Um, it just smells kind of thick and malty, you know, like it, you can you can definitely smell the grains in it. Mm-hmm. But it does have like a, a kind of a hoppy back end at the end of the beer. Yeah. I was going to say almost like not sour, like a little bit of funk at the end of it, but it's not yeah. like, it's like a, it is like a warm wood based kind of funk drop to the end of the, you know, the taste profile. I don't really know how yeah. else to put it, but I think it just tastes, or I think it just feels a little bitter back there. Max, mm. what are you, what are you getting? I was going to say again, it's almost like a pleasant bitterness. It wasn't anything that like threw me off. But it's almost got like kind of like a fruit sort of funk smell to it and taste to it too that I get like citrusy, but I don't know. I like it so far. Okay, all right. Well, as always, I'm excited to see how this one opens up. Before we get into the news, I want to go through a little bit of housekeeping. I'm going to be a guest on a podcast called Pixel Pulse Radio tomorrow. No way. A friend of a friend of mine from Twitter named Alex, who does a show about gaming, invited me on um, as a guest. So we're going to be recording an episode pretty soon. So. I would like for you all to go search on iTunes for Pixel Pulse Radio and follow them on Twitter. Um, re- really great guy, great show, and I'm going to be on it pretty soon, so keep your eyes out for that. Kick That's ass, awesome, dude. That's yeah. really exciting. Yeah, I didn't even know yeah. that. It's going to be fun. Okay, <laughs> with that out of the way, it's time to get into the news. This is Witty Banter. <laughs> all right, man. Let's see. We got four news stories today. Okay. Spread the first them out. one. The first one <laughs> spread being. <laughs> spread them. I want to see your news. I want to see your banter. <laughs> okay. As Torrent Freak reports, a group called the Spoiling Dead fans like to get their hands on everything to do with The Walking Dead, even if it hasn't been spoken about or publicly aired yet. And by the way, the title, which I forgot to read, is Walking Dead fans threatened with lawsuit over spoiler. No way. This this fan group, (laughs) apparently who dives into the show deeper than anybody could, uh, knows a certain piece of information about a character named Negan. 
And AMC, the network that airs the show, is not happy about even the potential of this information getting out. In a post made to the group's Facebook page, the Spoiling Dead fans leadership writes, After two years, AMC finally reached out to us, but it wasn't a request not to post but it wasn't a request not to post any info about the Lucille victim or any type of friendly attempt at compromise. It was a cease and desist in a lawsuit and a threat of lawsuit by AMC Holdings LLC's attorney, Dennis Wilson. They say we can't make any type of predictions about the Lucille victim. Their stance is that making such a prediction would be considered copyright infringement. Making a prediction? Yeah. That's, yeah. Is this legal? Is that something that they can do? So the, let me let me read one more piece here. It says Torrent Freak got a hold of the legal letter sent to the community and it th- essentially threatens them with a copyright infringement lawsuit and it reads you also state that you plan to distribute this purposely or this purported highly confidential information despite your knowledge that such distribution, if the information is indeed accurate, is unauthorized and will greatly damage AMC, distributors of The Walking Dead, as well as The Walking Dead fans awaiting the new season's release who wish to watch their favorite show, Unspoiled. I thought this would be a good opportunity to talk about spoiler culture in general. We kind of touched on it a couple episodes ago, but here we are where we're getting a threat of legal action for spoilers. This is how intense... Spoilers have become. <laughs> Spoiling something is now illegal. That's actually <laughs> yeah, pretty intense, man. That is, that is actually really scary. I don't want to accidentally spoil something for somebody now. I'm just wondering how they're legally deeming something a spoiler, because if it is, I mean, there is the idea that maybe they come across something that was uh, in private communications, like between the director or something in the show, and like... Yeah they could use that to sort of roundabout tell everybody what's going to happen. But if they just know a lot about the show and they're just like super into it and they make quote unquote valid predictions, then like, then buzz off, you know, like (laughs) that's like, that's like tell people, that's like telling people that, you know, like the Reddit culture that you can't talk about R plus L equals J for game of Thrones. You know, it's like, come on, get out of here. Dang. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting that you bring up that maybe they got it um, through picking up, like, stuff that was supposed to be confidential. But regardless, even if that was the way that they got the information, that's still, like, inherently kind of, like, it's not journalism in any important sense, but that's exactly what reporting is. It's finding confidential shit and saying, like, hey, look what we found, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, like, I mean, do you do you feel like there is or should be legal ground to this or do you feel like they're just overreacting and trying to like scare these people well they're yeah they're making it seem AMC's making it seem like that if this information got out it would be like seriously damaging to their brand you know and i don't know if that's necessarily the case if it's i don't know how big this group is but if a group of people kind of are guessing accurately at something like you know what i mean yeah I don't know. I don't get it. What do you think? I don't think that, yeah, there's no way. I mean, th- what they're saying is that, like, if the rest of their show gets spoiled, then people won't go to watch it, right? Like, that's kind of the idea. Yeah, which isn't necessarily true. Yeah, which I've never found that to be true. And plus, like, like who's just going, who's like, oh, okay, cool, the spoilers are out there on the internet. I'll just go read them on this forum. That way I don't have to watch the show. It doesn't seem like a very logical yeah, like way of approaching a television show or anything. I think it's just... A threat. I think that there's no way they would actually go through with something like that. 
not only that, but it would make them look bad. Honestly, what would hurt them worse would be for like somebody to find out, oh, you know, the production company behind The Walking Dead sued a bunch of people over spoilers. And you'd be like, well, fuck that show. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. not supporting anything on that. I, you know, I, that's that's worse. That's going to look a lot worse. And I bet if this gets big enough and people start shit talking it enough, they're just going to drop it and act like it didn't even happen. I agree. Was, yeah. I mean, to a certain like to a degree, if they keep pressing super hard and making it a bigger deal than maybe it should be then the likelihood that stuff will get spoiled will probably go up. If they just left it alone, then no one would probably really care as much. You know? Yeah, it's almost we like they're validating what these people are guessing at by like getting super freaked out by it. Yeah, you know? precisely. <laughs> I don't know, but I, just yeah, what do you guys think about the fact that this, this like war of escalation with how important getting something spoiled is has become? You know, because... It's almost to me like, wow, we live in such a pampered society that we're willing to go into legal battles over people knowing the the outcome of a fictional fucking story, you know? Yeah. And it's like there's a yeah, it's like we're we're trying to create our own reality and then walk through the threshold, you know, like at the certain time in the right way. But it's like, dude, I mean. It's, it's this, I look at it similarly to, um, you know, when the show airs, that's when it's finally, like, out in the open. And it's the yeah. same thing with, like, a sports event. You can have, like, everyone and their mom having said that they thought that the Golden State Warriors were going to win, you know, the, the NBA Finals. But until it actually happens, you can't be like, dude, you're going to spoil the game for me? Like, I mean, I don't know. Well, it's what if you, they, you somehow knew who was going to win? And like it was the final games, Cavs versus Golden State Warriors. And somebody tells you like, oh, the Cavs are going to win. Like they already knew that for whatever reason, like that would be the same thing. A lot of people honestly wouldn't watch the game if you already knew who was going to win. But sports are way different than a fucking TV show where the entire thing is like not about, you know, it might be about rooting for your favorite characters, but like in a sense of being lost in a story. It's not about always like what exactly happens at the end or what these. It's about the journey. Yeah, it's about the journey. Enjoy that. um, I'd agree. Well, I mean, so can it be argued on the side of like, well, AMC is say, says they're trying to protect their viewership. Could, could we maybe see the case that it's like you're going to really ruin a lot of people's experience if you do this, you know, so please don't. I mean, maybe the that's a good guy approach. And I think that looks a lot better than we're going to sue you over the spoiler, you know? Yeah, it'd be nice if maybe they just said, hey, please don't say anything rather than oh, we're going to sue your ass. But. Or yeah. even, like, just pay them off or something. Like, hey, we will legally pay you to just shut up, you know? Instead of making it this big legal, like, negative effect, you know? Right. No. Okay, well, next story. Warcraft passes Prince of Persia to become number one video game movie ever at box office. Great, that means nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't Legend. know Prince of Persia was number one. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly should point you in the right direction. It squeezed into that number one spot, being held for the last decade by the Jake Gyllenhaal classic, <laughs> Prince of Persia. You guys know that one, right? No. I kind of want to talk about how fucking terrible video game movies are. They're the always the bad. They're always but, uh, bad. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just I'll just read through the first couple paragraphs real quick. Legendary's video game movie Warcraft has unseated 2010's Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time to become the top-grossing video game movie ever. 
The film has now pulled in $377.6 million worldwide, according to Box Office Mojo, besting the Jake Gyllenhaal starring film. That action movie made $336 million globally during its run. Sitting in the number three position is Sony's Angry Birds movie, which to date has made more than $327 million worldwide. Yeah. Warcraft is having a strong showing outside of the U.S. 90% of ticket sales have come from international markets, and the film is doing particularly well in China, where it's made more than $200 million, according to The Hollywood Reporter. So, I mean, China is also the reason why, like, Transformer movies still come out. You know what I mean? An avatar. Anything, yeah, exactly. Anything big with CGI and stuff, like, other countries tend to really eat up, especially China. But it just goes to show you how terrible that movie is doing in America that really should show you what that movie is all about, you know? I can't believe Angry Birds is number three. I'm actually really surprised that that didn't, like, the name alone didn't get it to the number one spot. I can't even really name other video game movies, though. Wasn't there, I think there was, was there a Max Payne movie? Yes, with, um, with Marky Mark, Mark. Yeah, Mark, Mark Wahlberg. There was a yes. Doom movie. Doom had a movie. Oh, um, God, that was terrible. Yeah. What <laughs> Did else you watch was there? it? I, it's funny because I'm thinking, like, what about all these other movies? And then as we list them off, I'm like, no, yeah, that one was even worse. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I mean, I, uh, I actually will say that I felt like if there was a, a video game movie that at least had a starting chance, this Warcraft movie might have done it. You know, like, not yeah. necessarily that it would have been a kick ass storyline or I'd really like it, but like, it had better odds yeah, than dude, most Yeah, dude, that Warcraft other. movie was kick-ass. <laughs> That's what I think Warcraft fans would say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, you're kind of right, because I used to say, like, oh, man, everyone's so stupid for not making a Halo movie because it's so popular that everyone would come to see it. This is one of the most popular games the of all time, game, and it's bombing, sure. yeah. you know? Yeah. It just goes to show you that, like, the IP alone, like, isn't really enough. Well, you know? there becomes a lot of pressure when you do something that big. And not only like is it just like, oh, everybody knows it, but you also have the fact that like most people that know it and know it well are like super deep into the lore and are going to hold it to these very high standards that a lot of people probably just saw like the first trailer and just were out at that point. You know what I mean? I mean, are y'all going to yeah. say this movie is bombing even though it made $370 million? It bombed in America, 100%. Like, Do y'all, what was the number in America that it had? Abysmal? Um... It just says that 90% of its ticket sales have come from international markets, and it's made $339 million yet. So, so 10%. Wow. So you can do some do So some $30 million, right? Uh, <laughs> it's $30 million yeah, made. Yeah, that's yeah. A, it's about $33 million yeah, in the U.S. That's pretty good, bad. man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just I used I used to be the 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 one who who wanted video game movies. You know, like when I was younger, a few years ago, even I wanted Halo. I wanted anything that I liked. I wanted to see on the big screen, and now like. I kind of just don't. Nothing you don't want to really... hear about it. <laughs> God yeah, <damn> like <laughs> I don't think I don't I don't know what it would have to be to make me care enough to go see a video game movie well, at this I, point. I think at this point though, it's what well, it's the new number one. Uh, it's the number one video game movie of all time. But I think that's going to get taken away in the next few years because there's a lot of plans for new video game movies to come out, like Assassin's Creed with Michael Fassbender. Yeah, and Assassin's Creed has like a an actually like a really good um, director, and yeah. of course they've got. Um, Fucking, what's his name? He's who's such a badass. Who's the main guy? Michael Fassbender. Matt Michael Damon. Fassbender. Yeah, that's what I said. Matt right? yeah. Damon. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think that's gonna overtake. Well, actually, I don't know because that might like, not. Maybe because with all you know, China might not think that that's super cool because there's not a whole bunch of CGI and crazy computer effects in there. Whether how shitty they. I mean, I could see that be. bombing. Like the, my favorite thing about Assassin's Creed was watching him climb stuff and then jump off. There's it. a lot of that. In you the know, movie, man. 
So like He's gonna <laughs> climb up everything. Eventually, dude. I'm gonna be like, whoa, haven't seen that one before. <laughs> uh, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know. I don't really know what I expect out of movies. I've seen the Assassin's Creed trailer. And there's a couple moments where it shows like some fighting and they've got their little dual fucking yeah. wrist knives and they do a couple moves and everyone on the internet was like, did you fucking see that? <laughs> just it really like, does not making, look that cool. <laughs> yeah, like they're making gifs of it and I just, every time I see big budget action like that, I just think it's about The Raid. I think about It Man and all the oh, like the yeah. badass action movies I've seen and I'm like, dude, this is stupid as fuck. It looks looking. really bad in comparison to all yeah, those kind of movies. So wait, I have a question. Uh, the new Ninja Turtles movie. Would that be considered yeah. a video game movie? No. Was the original That's iteration of the Ninja Turtles, was that a video game? No, or? it was a comic book, technically. Comic. Oh, yeah. really? And also, okay. it was like a children's... I would say like it hit America as a children's TV show before anything, for the most part. I feel like yeah. I always came across Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle in that arcade game. So. Well, the four-player arcade game was tight. Yeah, so, it was yeah. amazing. Of but at, that new movie actually seems pretty okay. Turtles I might watch it. You're not gonna watch. I'm it. not, but I'd You're be willing. I might be it. willing to watch it. <laughs> if somebody forced me to watch this movie, I wouldn't kill myself. So, okay. Do okay. you think that we're just getting to be like kind of uh, snooty, assholes? Yeah, snooty about uh, what we're willing to no. consume. Dude, that's no, no way. These movies are bad, man. Like they are fucking bad. They're bad. But movies. we enjoy other bad movies. Name one. Uh, I mean, Teeth. Man of Steel was critically panned. Dude, yeah, but that's still up in the air. I've seen like reviews where people are honestly going back and re-reviewing them and being like, okay, it's not that bad. Who is the big YouTube uh, reviewer, Chris Stuckman or whatever, went back and like redid his review, or his review really wasn't like bombing it at all. I think, dude, that in general kind of brings up the whole idea of like movie culture and movie goer culture. Okay, how about people this? brand go, stuff before they go, go to it. Wait, wait, say that again? Where people brand things before they see it, and they already have in their mind what they think of the movie. That's always how it is. Yeah, and I definitely agree. I think that's largely attributed to just, like, internet culture in general. But you've also gone and seen Marvel movies. Yeah, which... But I but I go movies. in with a clean slate. Like, dude, the new Civil War movie was fucking awesome. It was Civil War was fucking dope. And I'm not somebody who jumps on the Winter Soldier bandwagon. It's like, yes, yeah. you are. <laughs> what? Why? We've had big arguments about Winter. Because it was pretty cool, and you just had a super polarized view. I was just like, it was pretty cool, and you're like, yeah, for a pile of dog shit that I would fucking <laughs> have to eat my shit bread sandwich for fuck you shit. And I'm like, okay, hold on, now it's not that crazy. Nah, I mean like. Look, dude, the new Civil War movie is way better than it was way better than the new X-Men movie. That's for sure. I would say. Did and you see the new uh, Deadpool movie? Yeah. And that was fucking awesome. Deadpool. Yeah, that was so yeah, good. That was, was that really was that better or was that like was that something that I guess exceeded your expectations that you might not have thought um, going in? Yeah. I mean, like I, I had high expectations for it since the first like. It wasn't like a trailer, but the leaked footage of him getting into the car and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was cool. I was excited for it, and it met my expectations and made me laugh a lot harder than I thought it would. So take that as you may. <laughs> well done, Chase. Yeah. Did you hear that? <laughs> yes, yes. I'm sure your mic picked that oh, up. I'm sure Man. all the mics <laughs> Thank goodness another Whatever, person will be branded. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> take the, yeah, take. I don't know if you remember, we got a question way back in the day that was like, what was the most manly thing you can do? And I answered, clog a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. All right, let's move on to the next news story real quick. This one uh, is actually staying in line with the superhero movie, and it's a quote from Ben Affleck that I think might be able to give us a little bit of hope for his solo Batman movie. 
Cool. When pressed about a release date for a solo Batman film, Affleck said, quote, I think Warner Brothers have a date for it, although I don't know if I would necessarily be able to make that date because I don't have a script that's ready yet. So my timetable is I'm not going to make a movie until there's a script I think is good at, is good because I've been on the end of things when you make movies when you have a script that's not good yet and it doesn't pan out. He continues and says, I have a script, we're still working on it, and I'm not happy enough with it yet to actually go out there and make a Batman movie for which I have the highest standards, I would say. That's something that would have to pass a very high bar for me. It's not just like, yeah, that might be fun, let's go try this out, end quote. That's good. <laughs> and actually, yeah, I wanted to get your take, because I know you're a pretty big Batman fan, um, and I kind of want to get your take on just the whole new DC attempt to do Batman, because I know you love the comics, and of course, the last Batman, Batman trilogy is just critically acclaimed across yeah. the board. How do you feel about this going forward? Uh, I think it's going to be really cool. I think that Ben... Like, I, I haven't seen Batman versus Superman, so I can't really say, like, from experience of what I've seen of Batman in the new universe. I think he's going to be a lot left to his own devices. And I think being able to focus on more of a Batman only story will do justice. I think more for the character. I think that was from what I hear again, I haven't seen it was the biggest flaw of the Batman versus Superman movie. Um, I think it's cool. Like you said earlier, man, we liked the Man of Steel movie a lot. I liked it a lot. I, I thought it, it was, I yeah, it dude, I thought it was really good. And I was really surprised when people like hated on it so much. Um, I have a lot of hope for it. I like uh, Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne a lot. I think that's a really good looking character because uh, that's pretty important to the whole. I think the that's whole, more important. Like, any any story arc, any story arc with Batman, you think it's more important? Yeah, of him being able to play the well, because that's like more of the character. I think it's more, you know, Batman as a character is like being presented outside of like the writing of the story. I don't think is as difficult to portray of you know like a a dark superhero, you know what I mean? As I'm, like, as opposed to being like the charismatic and conflicted Bruce Wayne, you know? Well, I guess what I'm curious about is how they're, how y'all would maybe expect them to diverge from the original trilogy that we saw. I mean, you know, like when you compare the Batman trilogy that we already have against like, you know, most Marvel movies, it's a lot darker. It's a lot more like, based in sort of a real world and they try to like explain things a lot more as opposed to like these guys have superpowers mm-hmm. you know so i i mean i'm just wondering i'm just wondering if they're going to kind of like kind of do like what spider-man did where they kind of just they they just took like a new feel to kind of the same movie um or Which if Spider-Man? they're or, the there's like the newer Spider-Man or whatever yeah and, and those are <laughs> i think those are way better Gold. than the Toby Maguire ones I don't know. I don't know his name. But those were terrible. It. Both of those movies. Well, actually, I didn't see the new Spider-Man one. I liked <laughs> the first two Spider-Mans with uh, Tobey Maguire. Toby Maguire. See, I thought Tobey Maguire was just such a pussy dude. Well, it was like, like I think for most of us, our first exposures, honestly, with superheroes wasn't comics, but we grew up in the age to where like, ooh, they were turning out real solid cartoons. Yeah. And I remember the cartoon Peter Parker was like not nearly. He was like a dork, but like. Even the way he was drawn and presented in the cartoon, he was still like a ripped, cool guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when I first saw the movies come out, I was like, who is that guy? Because I was like, you know, 12 at the time, I think, when it came out. Um, but I still really like those first two movies a lot. Um, but yeah, like, what do y'all think? How do y'all think they're, it's going to divert these new apart? Batman these new Batman movies? I think there's a lot of really cool Batman stories to go into yeah. that I think they should really dive in. I think they should maybe. Like take, outside of villains? 
Um, I don't know. I mean, I think there's really cool Batman stories that I think they can go for. And I think they kind of hinted at the whole, like, uh, man, what is the second Robin's name? Whatever. Like, the Robin that is killed oh, by the Joker. Yeah, with, uh, Jason Todd, yeah. like, when he was killed. And either, whether or not they, like, approach to maybe, like, redo that story, which would be really gripping, or to show more of, like, the aftermath of that happening and showing, like, a really, really conflicted Batman would be really cool. I think that would be a cool approach. Maybe approaching that with more, like, detective elements in it as opposed to, like, you know, because you've got Marvel on the other side who's just, like, big budget superhero movies that are going to be spectacles anyway. So I don't think... I think, like, setting the scene a lot more is going to be more important than these Batman movies. I'm just starting to not care about any of it anymore. I, I mean, when... When Batman versus Superman, or even just the Superman sequel, before it was Batman versus Superman, I was I was all gung ho about seeing it. Then we learned it's Batman versus Superman. Then we learned that Ben Affleck's gonna do a solo Batman movie, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, man! More Batman!" Like Ben Affleck's doing it. Now I'm just like, I don't care about superheroes anymore. Like I wish I could say that I am gonna go see whatever. Like I, when that movie comes out, I will try to make it a point to see it. But if I don't, it's not gonna really kill me. I d- I wanted to go see Batman vs Superman, but I didn't get a chance to. I would still like to see it, but at the same time, like life went on. You know, like it it probably wasn't gonna be like this super awesome experience in the movie theater that I want would when, want it to be. When was know? the last time that you saw a movie or really wanted to see a movie that was that experience that you were looking for? Interstellar, Interstellar probably. was mine. Yeah, that was a long. <laughs> that, was that was a year ass. ago, right? So that was 2014. I mean, that yeah. was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was a long time. You know, so it's kind of hard to expect that out of just because superhero movies are coming out. I mean, they're meant to be fun and they're meant to be cool and like show people's different, show people's different interpretations of like a set character, which is what I think what makes comics and superheroes really cool. Yeah, I mean, but I think Batman's a little different. Different in that kind of going off of what you were saying Chase that like it's not going to kill you if you don't see it necessarily I kind of look at it kind of like the James Bond of superheroes because there have been yeah. so many iterations and there have been uh, so many different like stylistic choices mm. that's a really cool uh, analogy yeah, that actually. is a really good analogy actually <laughs> and so like yeah I mean it, it's just going to be ultimately up to the stylistic vision of the directors and the producers. And, you know, if you pop in for it and you really like it, then cool. But, I mean, I'm sure it's not going to be like... It's not like people, like, were dying if they didn't see the next Daniel Craig Bond or anything. So, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I and I guess to answer your question again, Max, I think the last best movie I've seen in theaters was Mad Max. Oh, yeah. Mad Max was super dope. I saw that movie three times. What about Guardians of the Galaxy? It got better every time. Guardians of the Galaxy um, was cool. When was that? I mean, that was two that years That was ago. 2014, I believe, okay. summer okay. 2014. Okay. That was a long time ago. Good movie. Had a lot of fun in that one. Yeah, but you that's really the kind like of thing. Mad Max, though. Oh, yeah, Mad, Mad Max, Max is awesome. Who did last like Max? <laughs> did you see Mad Max, Hunter? Yeah, I saw it with Chase. Oh, okay. Didn't they come out with a video game? Yeah, they yeah, did. I wonder if it was any good. Yeah. It was decent. <laughs> okay. Which is pretty good for a movie video game, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Last piece of news here. Uh, this one's probably going to have more of a business slant on it, which Hunter, I'd like to get your take. But as we saw at E3, every game that was announced at Microsoft's, Microsoft's press conference would say Xbox and Windows 10 exclusive. And it was kind of highlighting their plan to bring all of their IP to the general Windows ecosystem and kind of re-embrace PC as a gaming platform. However, they've kind of like promised to do that before, especially like... Um, 
I think it was called like Windows Live. They've they've done it before, and they always kind of section off their their content in a way that makes it really arbitrary to get at it. And that's when what a lot of people's fears are recently with their new push is they say like, okay, are you going to do it right? So here's a quote from Phil Spencer that I thought was pretty interesting. It says, speaking with Giant Bomb, Xbox boss Phil Spencer claimed that Microsoft isn't planning to shut out Steam in their big PC gaming push. And the quote says, I look at Steam today, it's on an incredible growth trajectory. It's a massive force in gaming, a positive force. I think it will be a bigger year from I think it will be bigger a year from now than it is today, and five years later it will still be bigger again. I look at Valve as an important um, vendor for us on Windows. They are a critical part of gaming success on Windows. I don't think Valve's hurt by not having our first party games in their store right now. They're doing incredibly well. We will ship games on Steam again. End quote. Okay. So we're seeing a potential embrace of them using third-party storefronts that are, you know, and Steam's the largest PC storefront there is to distribute their games. And I think it's really just highlighting the fact that they're starting to care less about maybe even hardware sales. And they're like, look, if our software is selling and selling big, that's what we're going to care about, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a couple of things to unpack you know, there's there's the speculation about whether or not Microsoft is just going to do kind of what you said uh, they have done in the past where they're kind of just like making claims and then, you know, it ends up being not necessarily as fulfilling as they make it out to be. Um, yeah. I think I feel like it seems sort of obvious to reach out to Twitch and especially considering that like Steam or yeah, Steam might be. Um, no, no worries. I. I I honestly feel like when I look at the console war as it's played out, I feel like Microsoft lost this last one, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's pretty obvious that they did. They're, they're literally, they've sold half the amount of units that PlayStation 4 has. And I still think they have clout, but I feel like the whole, like, I guess pivot where you want to take on more of the software focus seems more out of necessity necessarily than like the innovation of it. And, uh, you know, I mean, it would be it would be cool if they could definitely capitalize on maybe something that Sony I mean, has Sony kind of done a similar or is this out of their league? I mean, no, because with Sony, their platform is the hardware. You know, their platform is PlayStation 4, whereas Microsoft is now kind of saying our platform is Windows 10. And any device that you have that has Windows 10 is where you can get our games, you know. Yeah. And we haven't seen like a firm dedication of like Halo 6 will be PC cuz that would be that would be the tipping point. Yeah. If Halo 6 was on PC as well as Xbox and it came to Steam, then we would see I think that would be a total dedication to proliferating all of their first party games, right? Mm. Yeah. And hell, who knows? Who knows how many more sales they could get out of putting that game out on PC, you know, and how lucrative it can be. And to what you were saying about this having to be a pivot because they're in a losing position, I think you're totally right. You know, I think with the announcing, the announcement of Scorpio um, a year from like a year before it's supposed to come out and them saying that like this is just going to be this incredibly um, they're, they're taking a much different approach than PlayStation 4's immediate future plan, which is to release this kind of like 
PlayStation 4.5, which is really just a, a console that's going to be 4K enabled. It's it's kind of like your PlayStation, but better. Like Whereas Microsoft, 6S kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I think Microsoft is really kind of going to be treating the Scorpio as its next console, even though they're saying it's beyond generations, everything will be backwards compatible. We're not leaving anybody behind. But mm-hmm. they also realize, like, if you look at Xbox, the original one, to um, Xbox 360, that was a four-year cycle. And by the time Scorpio is released, um, it will be a four-year cycle for from Xbox One to Scorpio. So it's not something that's totally out of um, tradition. It's just that we got so used to having this long hardware cycle with these with the 360 and the ps3 you know it's 10 years long that now it kind of seems a little out of the ordinary even though it might not be yeah you got to think about like what is their approach really and i look at myself in particularly that when i chose playstation 4 out of the two consoles which i know it's kind of shitty to be like i chose one and you have to choose one because you don't really but i did for the most part and i knew that i would be dropping I mean, unless out. you have a ton of money like yeah, it's not it's hard to it's buy not easy two. to adopt yeah. both of them right and i don't you know? really even recommend doing that yeah. you know but it's just like i i definitely still look back or i don't look back i look at the now at all the games that i can't play right because they're on xbox and i think that they've almost kind of admitted defeat in the fact that like okay not a lot of people have our hardware in our in their homes and it's only going to get worse because when games come out more people have playstation 4 more people are going to buy these games right so i think what they're doing with windows live is they're telling people like me honestly that like there's a game that could come out for pc and for playstation 4 that maybe is within their development company and i could choose to buy it on my playstation or on my um yeah or on my playstation and then not get anything or on my uh pc and them actually get money from me through buying it through Windows Live. And that's honestly true. Like there's a lot of, and it's, you know, it's not just the games like Killer Instinct and stuff that are for Xbox only that I can finally get, but it's about me choosing my a PC form of the game over a PS4 form of the game, which I think is kind of interesting. And it seems, and it seems like it's like the natural way that they should be doing it because Microsoft ultimately is like a computer It's a company. computer company, yeah. And like, you know, why, <laughs> why does this come To segregate computers seems kind of silly, right? Yeah. Well, that's what's so interesting is like when Xbox first launched, it was like, okay, these were the odd kids in the corner of the office. And then as the the segment in, in their overall portfolio grew and grew, then there's, they start backing it more and more until now you're getting to the point where it's like, okay, we can maybe now use Xbox to bring people to our platform, which is Windows, and we have always been a company that is about this operating mm-hmm. system, you know? Yeah. And Microsoft is a, is a company that honestly enjoys a, a, a position that not many other companies in the world get to have, and that is when they put their fucking muscle behind something, it is bigger, it is a bigger force than almost anyone could possibly try to, to, um, to match. You know, like, when the Xbox 360 was coming out, and they realized that there was a critical hardware um, issue with it being the three red lights. The guy who was running Xbox at a time had to come to uh, fuck. I forgot who the the head guy was that he spoke to, but he said, "This is what's going on. We can either just tell these people like tough luck, or we can set up a program to replace these. And if we do that, it's going to cost six billion dollars for us to do." And the guy said do it. That's the kind of thing that micro- only Microsoft can afford. Yeah, you know? they have that ability to well, drop six Well, I mean, Sony, Sony's got six bills, too. <laughs> uh, but not like Microsoft does. You know, when you talk about the total apparatus of a corporate structure, structure of Microsoft, they're in a much better market position than Sony is. Well, yeah, I think, I think Sony is definitely much more reliant upon the success of 
their, uh, you know, of their console. And I feel like, you know, Microsoft doing it was sort of, yeah, to, to kind of like see if it would work, see if people would respond to, you know, a, a different player in that, in that field. And now they can kind of leverage the amount of draw that they've had over the past 10 or 15 years with it. And maybe, yeah, like try and get a different position that Sony doesn't really have any sort of hand in the in the game, you know? Yeah, and it's it's also cool because we're now we're finally starting to see a bit of divergence in the two strategies. You know, like this cons- this generation, we basically have had two identical machines that are basically doing the same exact strategy. One executed much better because of their initial mar- uh, messaging, but we it was kind of almost exciting to think what if Microsoft didn't change course because we would finally we'd have like two distinct options. And it finally looks like now there's becoming a little more differentiation, which is exciting for consumers. You know. Absolutely. Mm. Well, that's all the news. Let's take a quick break, and after halftime, we'll talk about the beer. How's that sound, guys? I think yeah, it sounds like a pet up. I think that'd be pretty pet right, up. If you want to follow the show once the mics have turned off, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Witty Banter Show. Also, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash witty banter podcast and help the show get discovered by leaving a review on iTunes. And finally, steer the conversation by sending a question to wittybantershow at gmail.com or suggest a beer for us to review by going to our website, wittybantershow.com. That's enough plugs. Let's get back to the show. We are back from halftime and we have some things to say about this beer. I will go first. Okay. Okay. This beer is really good, man. <laughs> Why? You I like, like it? it. Okay. What I enjoy about this beer is how smooth and drinkable it is for the alcohol content that it's offering and just for the flavor profile. Because when you think of bourbon, especially, you think it's going to be like really hard to drink. Um, but especially that it's like an aged and oaky um, ale, you might think that it could be on the heavier side, but it's really not. It's pretty easy to drink. And considering all the flavor that it's offering, I like it because I can kind of take just bigger gulps and I feel like I'm just enjoying it more as like a sessionable type of beer, hmm. even though the fra- flavor profile is kind of deep. So I want to go into that real quick. I get on the smell. I just smell oak and wood. Yeah. Like just tons of it. Um, not, not really like a smoky or a roastiness, but I get that oak in that wood and I get a ton of just malt. You know, I just, I can smell the grain. It smells delicious on the flavor though. On the front end, I get like a lot of almost like dark fruit, like blackberry or like fig or like something, you know, something along those lines. And then the finish is really warm, maybe just because of like a a spiciness from that bourbon barrel or maybe it's just from the alcohol. But it's balanced really well with like with the bitterness at the end. And I don't know. I just think it's a really balanced beer that's easy to drink and that also offers a good bit of complexity. Cool. This beer is like got a lot to it, but without being overbearing and over complex in any way. I think like he's like it all comes together really well. It's so much brighter tasting and feeling than I thought it was going to be going into it. Hmm. I dude, I really like this beer. It's almost like so drinkable that I think of like pilsners in a way the way I can drink it. So like yeah. I almost I had to stop myself halfway through the new segment because I was drinking it too fast. Yeah, I knew you it wouldn't only be have drinking. a little bit left. I was like, ah, oops. <laughs> so yeah, I have to. Yeah, like I really do like this beer a ton. And that's the most I have really to say about cool. it. Cool. Uh, I have a little divergence from y'all in that like so when I first take a sip of it, I guess like right on the on the front end of the taste, 
it almost gives me sort of like a sour ale feel at the front of the huh. tongue. And then like whenever it moves to the middle of the taste profile, it's like where I usually expect like most of the character of the of normal beers that we usually have where it's like, this is really bitter, this is really hoppy, this is really sweet. It kind of just like takes a fork in the road and it goes to that like uh, that woody, uh, yeah, that oaky feel. And while I'm not necessarily like a huge, I, I'm not like a bourbon guy or anything. I haven't had a whole lot of bourbon. This is good. And I think that like, I like it more as it's opened up for sure. Uh, I think I think right out of the bottle when it was really cold, I, the 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 flavors that I got were kind of a little bit much for me. But as it's as it's mellowed out, I definitely think it's more drinkable. And I think that like kind of putting that pilsner feel on it is is right in that like it does kind of go down that way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. All right, well let's go ahead and move into the segment. We're doing another game this week. This time I'm going to be the arbiter of the game, and we're bringing back a Witty Banter classic. I don't think we've done this game for quite a while. It's been a long Max, time. I'm ex- yeah. I'm excited to have you as a contestant. Like, yeah. This is Dopey Definitions. You guys use, like, big words. Literally gigantic. Dopey Definitions. Okay. Now, Dopey Definitions is pretty simple. I've got a list of words here. I'm going to give the words to whoever is up, and you have to try to give me the definition. If you cool. get it right you get a point. If you get it wrong, then your opponent has a chance to get the definition. If both of you get it wrong, I get a point. So I can potentially win here. And these are silly fi- words, right? These are, yeah, these are super goofy, goofy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they're words that these just wacky sort of sound funny and, and they're, they're, they're crazy weird. <laughs> um, I've got five words here, but we can go up to seven if need be. Okay. So to get an understanding for who's going first. I want a classic Rochambeau on your guys' Okay, game. let's do okay, this. Okay, we're going on shoot. Yeah, on shoot. Okay. Rock, paper, paper scissors, shoot. Ah, oh, man, getting the paper on me. Paper okay. every time, guys. That's All right, the secret. Man. Nothing beats It's a sly, slick Max right there. Yes, thank you. So I'm going first. Now hit me. Max is going first. Okay, the first word is nagware. Oh. The word is nagware. And if you need me to spell it, just ask. You just spell it to give me some time. Give me, yeah. Yeah, let's N- go. N A G W A R E. Nagware. Huh. Nagware. Okay. Nagware is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go with something too obvious, but I'm going to feel dumb if it's not the obvious. And it's going to be something that somebody can give to you, like a chore or a problem. That is difficult for you to do or gets in your way of your normal flow of life. Huh. So it's like a chore. It's a chore. It's like, yeah, like something like problematic. If it's like a noun, like a piece of nagware that you now have to is now getting in the way of your life. Hunter, what do you think? Yeah, I was I was going to say, because like I feel like in the past we've always had both people say and then you clarify what it is. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and say I think a nagware, obviously. Is got to be something <laughs> that deals with like muddiness and like maybe something that's like, uh, you know, it's it's like dirty and it's something that probably you don't want to be dealing with in that like, yeah, it's dirty and muddy and it's like not. Yeah, it's just gross in this general. Has something to do with computers. I'm going to be pissed. 
I'm going to give a half point to Max. Oh. Because the, the definition is computer software. Damn it, dude. I fucking was going to say <laughs> fucking computer. <dude. laughs> you should have gone with your gut. I, know, I went dude, with the no. easy word first, I know. man. God computer damn. software, which is a free, which is free for a trial period, yeah. and thereafter frequently reminds the user to pay for it. So it's something that is annoying and that nags at you, much yeah. like your chore. You were saying, yeah. See, okay. What is a computer software but a chore? You know, <laughs> I think I should probably skip the whole point. <laughs> that was deep. Nice. Okay, so half Aren't a point to Max, marbles? I guess. All right. The next word is snickersnee. Snickersnee. Okay. The word is snickersnee. Is it Hunter's your 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 guess? Can I can I attempt to spell it? You can attempt <laughs> to spell it. S N I C K E R S N E E. That's it. Okay, so I'm gonna say a snickersnee is basically just an instance of something that's like really funny, and you're like joking at something, and you're jesting at uh, at, at at some sort of. Uh, it's like an act of being joking and lighthearted. Max, what do you think the word is? Snickersnee is going to be a small, thin dagger or pointy device used for like primarily stabbing. Or holy shit! Wow, you knew that one, didn't you? Is that right? It so Snickersnee is it's got two definitions. The first one is to engage in cut and thrust fighting with knives, <laughs> or number two, a large knife. Yeah. So wow. you fucking nailed it, dude. Damn. Oh, I hate to expose everybody, but on the last dopey definitions I was on, that was one of the words. No. <laughs> was it really? Yes. Recycled. God damn it. Sorry. When you, dude, that's so weird when you brought up dopey definitions that the only word I remember was snickersnee. <laughs> and when you said snickersnee, I, I was just like, that. oh, God. When I was doing, when I was getting the list, I was mm. reading through like half of them, and I was like, have we done this one before? <laughs> Like, well, well that's, I, I would that love was, to claim. Well, that's that definitely one. no points for Whoa. me because okay, I, because uh, I, I freaking, I should know that if we had done if it anything. Before. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I got that one wrong well, because you like I gotta slightly say, changed your answer. Every time I feel like every time I host, I end up throwing a blunder in there like that. So that's, that's good. My Keeps mistake, us on our toes. Well, I should get the point. You for that, suck. Right? So let's go. You get the point, right? <laughs> Max. Yes. The next word is apple knocker. <laughs> Your word can is I, apple knocker. Can I ask if it's like? I mean, it's a noun, right? Can I ask that? Yeah, it's a noun. <laughs> it's a noun. An apple knocker. Um, an apple knocker is going to be uh, somebody who, like, like a bum or somebody like that, who would go kind of like the theme is like door to door or house to house asking to either do work or to get free food because he's kind of like a bum and he's out on his own. Mm. So apple knocker. Hunter, what do you think an apple knocker is? This one's really, I'm blanking <laughs> like really hard on this one. Uh, an apple knocker I'm going to say is, I'm just going to say an apple knocker is like an activity that is sort of like mundane and like you <laughs> have to just like, it, you it's just sedulously, it's monotonous. You just, yeah, it's like, oh man, I got to do this homework, and it's really a, just a shitty apple knocker to have to take this one out. <laughs> I like the idea of us having to use it in a sentence after we try to use the definition <laughs> okay, in it. Okay, start incorporating. Yeah, it. we'll incorporate that. <laughs> the definition is an informal, or, or I'm sorry, the definition. The, uh, the definition <laughs> is an ignorant or unsophisticated person. Like oh, a Max bum. did That's, say a yeah, bum. Yeah, I, I mean, I would give that to Max. I'm just so, getting beaten the dirt here. Mm-hmm. That's another point for Max. That's 2.5 to zero right now. I like it. 
He's on a comeback after that fucking ass whooping I gave him last yeah, I know, that was so whack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got yeah. two more points. Okay. Hunter, you gotta. I, I'll try to give you 1.5 somewhere. <laughs> if that's that was really good almost getting it. Okay. All right. The word is Wittershins. <laughs> Wittershins? <laughs> the word is Wittershins. <laughs> Can I ask if that's a noun? Uh, um, no, it's an adjective. <laughs> okay, that helps for sure. Um, Wittershins. Can you spell it? It's an adjective? W- I'm sorry. It's an adjective. W-I-D-D-E-R-S-H-I-N-S. Okay. I mean, <laughs> golly. Okay. I'm going to say Wittershins is like a really... I'm just going to say something that's like really bland and pale and like, uh, you know, like, uh, like if you had like some pants on that were really like bright and white or something, you'd be like, oh, these, these Wittershins pants. I don't know. I like, I literally have nothing to draw from here. Wittershins does not <laughs> ring a bell in any sense. I would. You're s- looking like oh. a real apple knocker. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like an apple knocker. I would say that the Wittershins or Wittershins would be like to describe somebody who is like out in the cold or maybe like afraid, like they're like shivering a lot and they're like, or maybe not like, like incompetent and they're like really in the Wittershins. <laughs> like, he's like, how do you use that as an adjective? Like, I don't know. Yeah. He's got a real Wittershin shirt on right now. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like they just like, they're shivering and they're out there and that's my guess. Take it and the, leave it. The definition is in a left-handed or contrary direction, counterclockwise. So how do you? That's Wittershins. Wait, so the, how do you use that as an adjective? The sentence, the sentence they give here is, and the waves beat upon one, upon the one hand, and upon the other, the dead leaves ran, and the clouds raced in the sky, and the gulls flew Wittershins. <laughs> <laughs> they flew they Wittershins. They flew Wittershins. Wow. Okay. So it's an... What the fuck, dude? That is dumb. That one was just hard. That is hard as shit. That's not funny. (laughs) The words are hard. I'm glad I got my solid two points. Is that by Shakespeare? Yeah. (laughs) Didn't he just make up? So, Max. Yes. And for a clean sweep, really. (laughs) You know, but we did give Max a chance to uh, do an all or nothing at the end of Metal and Magic. So he didn't get it. We can, always, we can always prompt the winner or like the winner up until the very end if yeah. they want to make it all or nothing. All or nothing yeah, right it's, now. It's always. a double down. You're going to you know? do it? Because okay. I want the bragging. No, 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 hold on. Okay. I, let's do one more. Well, okay, I guess this could be the, the, this is the, the double, double down. down. Yeah. Which this you want? is the double down. Okay, let me see which, which word I want to give you. Okay, make it a good one. <laughs> the word is... Humdudgeon. Oh, humdudgeon? <laughs> humdudgeon. Humdudgeon. <laughs> he is. This place is a real humdudgeon. This is humdudgeon. Can I ask if it's a, a noun or an adjective? Or? It's a noun. A humdudgeon. A humdudgeon is a car or a vehicle that when you drive around in it, 
makes a lot of noise and is rickety and is wobbling all over the place. It's an old timey word that people don't use that much anymore, but they would use it all the time to describe like the first round of automobiles, a real hum dudgeon. Cause you could hear it coming down the, down the road, like old man Jenkins in his jalopy, just old fucking like going rodding on down there. You know what I mean? Like just, just really, you know, smoke going everywhere. That's, you know, that man's got a cool car, but it's kind of a little bit of a hum dudgeon. Okay. Hunter, what's your attempt here? Uh, I'm going to say a humdudgeon is like a word that's used to describe like a really good performance of something. So like if, so, if you like went to Broadway and some guy was like really killing it and really hilarious and you're going after the show, you're like knee slapping about all the jokes like, God, geez, <laughs> that guy was such a humdudgeon. I can't even believe how much a good, good time I had. There's no way it's a good thing. There's no way humdudgeon is a good thing. You guys are both wrong. Oh, surprise. Well, yeah, big surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a humdudgeon is an imaginary illness or pain. Oh, that's a good oh, word, actually. Yeah, almost like a, what is the people that think that they're sick all the time? Um, hypochondriac. Yeah, hypochondriac. hypochondriac, yeah. Okay, cool. Interesting. It used to be humdudgeons. But now, now we got to have a, reckon, a, a, a reckoning here. Dopey yeah. definitions, I feel like we had some good juice out of because mm-hmm. it used to be the case that we would really fucking out of nowhere guess some of these words. But I feel like it's been pretty tough as of late. I, you know, I, I did pretty good on the first round. You know, I got the first three points. I'm not saying that anybody here isn't pulling their weight, but I'm saying it's not me. That's for sure. Yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The deeper we dig into the goofy words, well, the harder, the harder they get. Gets, you know, yeah, the I mean, more yeah. ambiguous. Like winter shins or winter shins. Is that the winter shins? Winter shins. That's fucking I outrageous. I try to pick things that are funny to say. Yeah, of course. That's always. Yeah. I always like. I always comedy just over apple everything. knocker. Yeah, apple knocker is hilarious. Apple knocker was a great word. That was a great dopey definition. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I like. I'm always down to try. I'm just. I was blanking really hard on this one. Like, I didn't. I didn't have any hint at anything here. Can we you just? Pure ban- you're a pure banter on that. Yeah, we, we pure have La- pure Lagrange. We have the rest of them. <laughs> Do we have time to do them, or can we just like learn what they are? Or the other ones I had was a freet, a f r e e t. Oh, like dude, that's, that's on a magic card. Oh shit! The weapons mm. master a freet. What is it? Do you know what what it is? <laughs> no. What a freet is? I would say it's yeah. somebody who's like light footed. It's a demon. Ooh. Okay, well, cool. And it comes from Arabian and Muslim mythology. The other one I have was Bindle Stiff. (laughs) That should have been one, dude. That's hilarious. I'd say that's a boner. Bindle Stiff. (laughs) (laughs) Got a real Bindle Stiff stiff over here, man. Can't hold down Knocking over jars is ridiculous. And that was a tramp or a hobo. So that's actually a homeless person. (laughs) Okay. Bindle Stiff. But that was Dopey Definitions. Thank you guys for playing. Let's move on to Nick's Mail Corner. It's Nick's Mail Corner. And we do indeed have some emails. An email from a one Dunter Horset. Oh my God. Who emails the show <laughs> when he banters show Thank at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Dunter. No, we Keep appreciate the crap out of yeah. it. We really do. I love it. And he says, Hunter, can you calm your tits? No investigation is required. And that is the subject line of the email. Okay, okay. well, okay. Sounds and like the he email was listening. is, hey, butt blasters. Okay. No, this is Nick for if sure. Had, this is definitely yeah, that's Nick, right? absolutely. <laughs> if you had to live on an island and you only had two Pokemon to help you survive, which three would you choose? <laughs> 
He says, let me clarify and set some parameters. One, this is not a top two Pokemon question. This is a question based off Pokemon practicality. Mm -hmm. Two, try to limit this to be in the first two generations of Pokemon, if not the first generation. We'll keep it first. I think and none then of us three, know any more than that. So. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's, right? that's fine by me. Three, there is no way you can escape from the island. It is simply which two Pokemon would you pick to help you survive? I think that's an easy one. Really? Yeah. I think so, too. I mean, there's I, like, a wealth. There's 151. I know. And I'm going to seem like such a poser <laughs> for not picking any, not branching out of like, you know, the critical three slash critical three plus Pikachu. And that's, of course, Pikachu. You've got like the Charmander through Charizard build. You've got the Venusaur build and you've got the Blastoise So you're refusing build. to use any of those? No, no, no. I am using two of those. I'm using, I would say, Blastoise. Obviously, I need Why a the clean water want? supply. Oh, I'm I trying to survive. a salt water supply, maybe. No. He's a turtle. He's a freshwater turtle. Freshwater Unless water he's a saltwater Unless he's a saltwater turtle. I would have to do more research, but given <laughs> having to actually do it right now, I would say I would get Blastoise in there. Plus, I can easily maneuver through the water. So if I need to get fish, get out there deep, go fishing. I don't need a boat. Couldn't you do that with a, a cuter squirtle? Well, what else are they going to do for me? <laughs> then they have to stay in the water. He can come with me onto the land and hose stuff down. There's a fire. Okay. He cool. takes that out. Cool. And next would obviously be... I would be, think you would want fire if you're in a, an island situation. Uh, that's actually putting fires true. out. That would actually be true. Um, which makes me think about my next choice, but I'm still going to go with Venusaur as my other one. High-reaching places. You can easily get down coconuts and high fruits. <laughs> he can, you know, he can take you up to places very well. He can provide you with greens that are edible, and you know, you can eat them and stuff like that. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna eat your own fucking Pokemon. <laughs> I'm gonna eat his leaves. That's for damn sure. I don't that's think that's really sure. something that he's is gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe not eat his leaves, but like those tentacles are very like, dude. The maneuverability of those bad boys. And the whips, the, the yeah, vine the whips. whips. Yeah, the vine whips. Oh yeah, I do agree that like. Being able to start fires would be pretty clutch. See, that's that's what I'm gonna say. Like, of the, I'm going to only use one of my choices for the critical three or whatever, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna go Charizard, of course, because I could just fly away if I want to. And oh, being able to fly would be dope. And I can start fires, which is gonna which that is would be dope. Essentially, the source of look, true he's not survival. the only fire Pokemon. He's not, but he can fly and he has fire. Yeah. So it's a little win-win situation. Just in reality, hmm. having a dragon. <laughs> would be really clutch. Yeah, which is exactly why my first choice is going with Moltres. So you guys have fun flying on your Charizard. I'm going to be on a fucking Firebird. <laughs> wow, well done. I mean, Firebird's okay, but I mean, what, what makes that better than the Fire Dragon? It's not like you can ride, ride Moltres because it's made of fire. It is all fire. I will have a special harness <laughs> that I've created which brings out me to of my next choice. leaves. <laughs> and Sadlo, the other Pokemon I'll be taking. <laughs> But I have to pick a fire Pokemon because I think having fire is going to be crucial in a survival That's situation. That's what I'm going to say as well. So what, okay. what, what's your, is, is Moltres your fire Pokemon? That's my fire Pokemon. And then my other Pokemon, just because I Max, think... Max, I got to say you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you'll hear from me later. Hey, everybody you has You guys light your own, own fucking island on fire and you both die. So have different, fun with that. <laughs> different strokes for different folks. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to actually go with just like one out of left field here. Um, I don't really know about the survivability. <laughs> I don't really know about the like survivability of it, other than that it's just like super badass. I'm just gonna go with Mew because I think it would be cool to like be on an island hanging out with Mew <laughs> and Charizard. 
You're like Mew wouldn't really. Why Mew? Mew was like Why the tadpole Mewtwo? version of Mewtwo. I wouldn't because it's Mewtwo. super powerful, but it's super nice too. Like I would enjoy. It would be like a pet that was I could hang out with. Well, having Mewtwo would be. I mean, I assume that like you have pretty solid control over your Pokemon on this island. Uh, not if yeah. you have Mewtwo. But Mewtwo, Mewtwo like, does not having, be controlled. <laughs> does not have be you controlled. Seen the movie. <laughs> I'll have to rewatch it and get back to you. Uh, but having like telekinetic powers would honestly void pretty much everything I said before about my own two Pokemon. Yeah, and I mean Mew is psychic and it has that ability. That'd so. be true. <laughs> Gandalf. How is the psychic Pokemon going to help you eat? Because you can down. grab shit down from trees. You're hunting and something's trying to get away. Nah, 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 nah. You get into its brain. You make it stop. It walks right back to you. It walks on Look, top of the fire that I'm you gonna just tell started. You, I got a, I got a <laughs> much easier started. solution here. <laughs> Where are you going with us? You guys are all talking about using your Pokemon to get things. To survive. I'm talking about who's the coolest. (laughs) To help out in the process, I got to pick Chansey. Because she's just going to be popping eggs, eggs out for everything that I need. And you you and I were talking about this. Hold on, what's the extent Having of... Having eggs would be great. Hold on, what's being the... Being able to... Just, <laughs> I would, I would be able eggs? to survive on eggs, for sure. Oh, God, for the rest of my life, but I would But I don't know die. if Chansey's eggs are necessarily... They seem like they'd be pretty if, fatty. If Super Smash <laughs> Brothers is any indication, literally There's anything can come out. <laughs> I was going to say, my only exposure to Chansey is her dropping maybe three eggs in a Super Smash Brothers match. I say that we, uh, do we have other male or is this the only male? That's the only one. I say we give a uh, an honorable mention Pokemon just for shits and gigs. Well, who are your, like, your favorite, who is your favorite Pokemon? Who's my favorite Who's Pokemon? My favorite Pokemon is Scyther. Scyther's tight. I feel like Scyther yeah. is one of those ones that everyone remembers. Like, everyone remembers that they wanted a Scyther at some point. You know? Yeah, like, he's dope as cool. shit. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it was him and Pinsir and Magmar. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I also really like Haunter. Yeah, dude, the ghost Pokemon were awesome. Having a ghost Pokemon would be cool, because you'd be like, hey, go through that fucking thing, and he'll <laughs> Go through it. that thing. He comes right back, and you're like, that was cool, and then you're, like, dying. Yeah, and he can do hypnosis, too, so, like, if I have trouble sleeping, he could just, like, put me to sleep, <laughs> sleep? which would be great. Weird. All right, And then cool. I'd fly away on Dragonard, or on Charizard. On Dragonard. Um, <laughs> Dragonard. No, nah, dude. Um, <laughs> nah, dude. Uh, nah, dude. Like, my, saw, dude. my favorite Pokemon is uh, Marowak. Do you guys remember Marowak? I do remember. Yeah, it's he, this the mother was, of Cubone. Yeah. Or yeah. Cubone. Either one. They're pretty much the same thing for me. Yeah. Marowak definitely cool. has a cooler helmet. They were cool because they could, like, throw boon or throw boons like bonerangs. <laughs> like, bones. <laughs> Bones. <laughs> Bones like boomerangs. And it was like a real like cool Pokemon. I always thought they were really tight. I was always very proud they of had my some Cubone attitude for sure. he, had, he had a level up after Cubone, right? And it was like kind of hard to catch Cubone because you had to like go into the you had to have a self scope like flute thing yeah. that like made them not go. Yeah, yeah. cool. Okay. What about you, Chase? I mean, I've already got things taken care of between um, Moltres and Chansey, so just for pure entertainment value, I'm going to choose Mr. Mime. Mr. Mr. Mime. Mime? I thought that you that watch might be that mentioned. motherfucker do his thing all day and just be like, you know what, you do you, He Mr. Mime. could technically build you shelter. Because remember, Mr. Mime's powers was that he like did literally like make his mimes come to life, right? Like he could make walls real, like make... He would mime a wall, know. and then you'd run into that. the wall, and you'd be like, what the fuck is I this? I thought he was just some random psychic Pokemon. I just remember him being in that one town and being that one girl's Pokemon that did literally nothing. <laughs> I remember that being his power and that being pretty sick. Well, I would, or you could always uh, get Magikarp, too. What was Magikarp? <laughs> 
Oh, it would just be good to fish? eat that one time. <laughs> For that one day. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Right. <laughs> Farm them. Splash. All right. Well, thank you so much for the question, Dunter Horset. You emailed the show, wittybantershow at gmail.com. Please do that if you want to get your question read. We would greatly appreciate it. But let's go ahead and move on and put some numbers on these beers. I want to r- remind you all that the Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale was recommended to us by a Crystal Duval. So thank you so much for your beer recommendation. We really enjoy when people write into the show and give us things to drink. We will try anything. So if you've got a beer that you think is like even disgusting that you want us to drink yeah. just to make to be sadistic, we'll do it. You know what's funny is I, I actually thought that Crystal Duval was like the name of the beer whenever I first saw her yeah, email. I was like, Duval's that's a cool really name. Good, yeah. <laughs> she should make a beer. Yeah, let's do it. All right. I'm going to go ahead and put my number on this one first. Take up the mantle. I'm going I'm to take up the mantle. I'm going to quickly go through the things I had said. So I will say, I think this beer is great. It's... Really easy to drink. I will say it might be honestly a tad watery. I think maybe it could have a little bit more, more character. to the body. It's 8.9% alcohol, so I expected a little bit more, but we don't really get that. It smells of like vanilla and maybe mostly vanilla and oak. It's got some malt there to it. To me, the flavors that come through is like a blackberry. Um, I really don't get much bourbon flavor at all from this beer, even though it brands itself as one. I hmm. don't really taste much bourbon. The only thing that I get that's close to bourbon is just like a warmth on the back of the uh, flavor profile, but I don't really know if I can attribute that to a bourbon flavor. Okay. Um, But I think the beer is easy to drink. I think it smells good. It's got a pretty good taste. The flavor profile lasts a decent bit because um, it's warm at the end. It's got a good bitterness to kind of balance out the alcohol in it. Um, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Okay. Who do you want to go next? Good old fashioned middle of the road. I'll go next. Um, I really like this beer. I think this beer is really good. It's probably one of, if not my favorite beer that I've drank on the show so far, wow. I think. Wow. That being said, wow. that's pretty much competing Ooh. with Not Your Father's Root Beer and the Pecan Porter I wasn't able to drink. <laughs> or wasn't able to drink, so that makes sense. Okay. Um, no, I'm, like I really like it a lot. I'd say you're really right. It could kind of do with, honestly, a little bit more character. But for being like a really drinkable beer, I think it's better... Like. It's got enough character for being something that you can kind of like throw back quite a few of them pretty comfortably. Um, I like it a lot. I'm almost getting like a citrus end to it. It's super drinkable, a lot lighter than I thought it was going to be. I'm going to hit it with an 8.5. Bam! Boom. Okay. Coming up. All right. Cool. What are you thinking? So I think that this was, it kind of just took me off guard, this beer did. I, I was expecting there to be more of like this punch of you know, alcohol and bourbon and a little bit more body, but it is kind of watery and it does have like a little bit of just sourness, not like a stinging sourness, but kind of just like a lazy, like droning sourness, I guess. Um, and I think that, uh, I think that if it did have a little bit more of that punch and that sting, I would have liked it a little bit more. That being said, like, I do like the way that it feels in my mouth. I think that it's like, it is, it, it goes down easier than I was definitely expecting it to. And uh, <laughs> you guys shut up, shut up, okay, with all your patient expressions. Um, I'm, I'm not as much about this beer. I, I think I would be reaching to say that I like this beer a lot. I'm going to give it a 6.5. Well, right, a perfect nice spectrum. Little, a good spread. Yeah, good spread. Those are two point spread on, on there. the butter, you know. Has there been a spread this big before? Sure. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that has been the Kentucky Bourbon Ale. 
Um, so let's go ahead and do the plugs and get out of here. Witty Banter is on iTunes. If you search Witty Banter on iTunes, you can hit subscribe and all of our episodes will show up in your download queue for free. We're also on various other podcasting services. So if you don't use iTunes, that's okay as well. But last but not least, you can just go to our website, wittybantershow.com to download the episode there. Send your questions into the show via wittybantershow.com or through our email, which is wittybantershow at gmail.com. And finally, follow us on Twitter at wittybantershow and hit up our Facebook page as well. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Bodacious Chase and Max is at MaxScott32. So give us a follow there and we'd love to talk to you. But that is all. So for myself, for Hunter and for Max, that is Witty Banter episode number 64. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>